Welcome to Parma Christian Fellowship Church's weekly sermon podcast. All of our sermons are available for listening and download at pcf.church. May God's word enrich you today. So we are continuing in the sermon series looking at some of the parables. And actually, I'm picking up directly where I left off last week. Shocking, I know. Surprised myself that I did that. And we're looking at Matthew 25, verse 14, the parable of the talents. But first, I'm going to start with a story, and this story happened upon me yesterday. So obviously, I did a lot of preparation in this story, but I was at my house. If you don't know, I'm working on... Uh, a jalopy trying to make it into a minivan. I don't know. My house is all broken apart. I'm trying to fix it up so that my family can move in. When the baby that I aforementioned is coming, we will be in a very tight quarters. We may actually be looking for housing for Jacob and Colton if you guys are available. Um, but anyways, so so I was at my house working late last night, and uh, I got done about 9 o'clock, and I started on my way home. Uh, I got right next to my house, there's a giant farm field, and I got going down that, that road. It was all covered in snow, and I saw some headlights off in the side, and as I got closer, I realized that there was a truck off the road. Obviously, he was not hurt, but the guy was actually out in front of his truck, or surrounded in his truck with a shovel digging around his vehicle, of which I thought, you are crazy, because you are not getting anywhere with a shovel. He was actually off the edge of the road, and the snow, you know, the plows just came through with all this snow we just got, and the snow was so deep, there was nowhere he was going. So I thought, you know... My little two-wheel drive, 19, nope, 2006 uh, truck that the back tread on the tires showing the wear bar, which just means that I'm very close to needing new tires. If you go by inspection standards, I should have had new tires already. I thought, you know what, I'll just put a strap on my truck, I'll give him a few tugs, see if I can move him, right? Well, he proceeds to tell me that there was already AAA, and AAA broke the winch trying to pull him out. I thought I'll try anyways. What could hurt? So I, I started pulling a little bit. And my truck, you know, did one of those little back end kicks over just a little bit, um, to which we realized very quickly that I was not going to be able to pull him out. But he said that somebody had just stopped by and they were going to try and dig him out with a front end loader. But his loader wouldn't be enough to pull him out backwards. Um, but if we pulled, if he dug a, a, a path forwards, he could get him out. So anyways, I was kind of getting ready to leave almost because I had kind of done what I needed to do. And this guy comes down the street in his little front end loader and he goes in and he proceeds to get himself stuck in front of the car. Um, but we're, we're macgyver country folk. And uh, he asked if I had a wrench. So I had a pipe wrench in my truck and we loosened the back, really only that happened was a counterweight on the back of the tractor, got stuck on the road, so he pulled it up, and he, 
he got himself out and he started digging. He started digging and digging and digging. And, uh, and I thought, you know, why doesn't this guy just push him out with his bucket? That's a good idea. So I finally got his attention. He had dug out enough space in front. He got a, I got his attention. I said, hey, you want to just push him out from here and I'll, I'll pull on the back side and you push on the front side? He's like, no, not going to work. Where he sits on his car, his car, the grass is actually at a 45-degree embankment. You couldn't tell because he was on, you know, two feet of snow. But his car was actually on an embankment on the side. And he said, if we try and push him out, he's just, I don't have enough oomph in this tractor to get him there. So he continued doing what he wanted to do. And he, he made a path all the way out to the road. And we shoveled a little bit more, like intelligent people, I guess. And I got a strap out of my truck, and I put the strap on his car, and we put it on the tractor after he dig it, and, and he got him to move a foot. And then he got stuck again. And he said, well, I think I've got another strap back in my house. I'll go get it. I said, well, I've got two more straps. So we put two more straps on. It gave him a little more space. He was digging himself a rut. He pulled him right out. Got him out on the street. Right as we got him on the street, the tow truck re-showed up. And we said, thank you, have a good day. Last night, there were two people that were available, that had equipment, that had skills, and that gave their time in order to help a person in need. Today, our parable, oh, the picture, I'll tell you about the picture. So uh, the, the bright orange red thing in straight ahead, that's actually the tow truck. This is right after we uh, pulled him out, and I was about to leave. And off to the left, you can see the piles of snow. That's where the guy actually dug a path, and then he went all the way straight through, and he pulled him out just behind my truck. That's the picture. Okay, so next slide is Matthew 25. If you have your Bible or if you have a phone, which you know I know you all have all those things, Open it up to Matthew 25, verse 14. We're going to look at the parable of the talents. Verse 14 says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. I'm going to take a break right there. So let's start at the beginning of this story. There's a man, a wealthy man. Servants aren't slaves, but they are workers in his house. And this wealthy man is going away for a fairly lengthy amount of time. And instead of just putting his money in the bank, because later we'll find out that there were banks and interest back then, instead of just going and putting his money in the bank, he's going to entrust that money to people who work for him. 
with the expectation that they're going to do something with that money and bring a return back. Now, a talent of money is quite a large sum of money. A talent, one talent would be equal to about 20 years' wages. So even for the servants, this would be a large sum of money. In today's uh, economics, one talent would be roughly a million dollars. If you take 20 years' wages, that's roughly a million dollars. Obviously, as an average of lots of people's different salaries. <clears throat> so they were entrusted with a lot of money. And they were entrusted based on their skill and their ability. One man was entrusted with five talents, one man with two talents, and one man with one talent. As the story goes, the man with five, the man with five talents took that money, and in the time where the master was gone, he doubled it. He made five more talents, including, adding up to ten. The man with two talents took his ability and his skills, and he made two bags more. Four, talent, four talents altogether. But then there's the one. And we don't know anything about any of these people, but what we know is that the one who got one talent, in theory the least amount, but still a significant amount, was scared to the point that he was going to go and he dug a hole and he threw the money in and he kept it safe. They understood, I want to say they understood the assignment, but that's, uh, <laughs> they understood what was, what was to happen here. They understood what the master expected. <laughs> so picking the story back up, after a long time, verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent, master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then he should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that I returned. I would have received it back with interest. The master is upset, angry, because he had given him something and had an expectation that he would utilize that gift 
to have return on investment. But when the master returned, he was pleased with the man who took the five and made five and the man who took the two and made the two. He wasn't looking for anything other than these people to give the skills and talents and utilize their gift. So in this story, we are the servants, people of the world. And the master is Jesus and God. And we're not really going to look at this in the respect of money, but we're going to look at this in the perspective of our skills and our abilities. Last week we talked about possessions, and we talked about not keeping all of our possessions for ourselves, but utilizing our possessions to glorify God. And this week is very similar, except we're talking about our skills and our abilities. The number one thing that we have to kind of think about as we're reading through this is we have to realize that our skills our abilities, everything that we have, everything that we are is a gift. Everything that we have done in our lives comes from God. And when we have that perspective, it shifts how we understand life. When I was 16 years old, my family owned choo-choos. Many of you ate there, worked there, I lived there, Matt lived there more. But I was getting interested in construction, in carpentry. So my parents knew Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith was a carpenter, a construction guy. He did a lot of additions. I went and I worked with him over the summer, and then it turned into an internship through the school year, worked with him through the summer. I started there, and I can specifically remember he was, we were framing a ceiling, the rafters of a ceiling, the joists of a ceiling. I'm a carpenter. And we were, we were, we were putting in uh, bracing and bridging along the top. And I took the board that he wanted me to put in, and I nailed it in wrong. And it was time to go home, and he saw that we did it wrong, and he made us sit there and use a cat's paw or a puller to pull every single nail and to reinstall it correctly. When I was 16 years old, I knew nothing. I built a table out of two-by-fours in plywood. I still have it, actually. So it was good construction, but I didn't know anything about building houses. And that was kind of the direction that I thought that I was going and did indeed go. I worked with him until I was 19 years old, and I learned a lot of things, some things how to do them wrong, as I learned later in life. And I learned many things how to do them right. I honed a craft through somebody who taught me. And it would be very easy for me to think that from 16 years old all the way through now, I have worked really hard and I am just an excellent carpenter because of my work but 
even the ability to utilize my hands the way that I need to, to use tools, to understand things, to be able to lay things out in my mind, all of that is a gift from God. And I'm utilizing those things. If you look all the way back five, well, six years ago, six years ago we bought this building and because of a long time of learning, I was able to oversee the process of remodeling the space. I was able to give of my time and my talents because of how God led me through. The person that I was created to be, all of my strengths, all of my deficiencies, they helped me to be a good carpenter. But if I fall into the trap that is, I'm good at what I do because I have honed my craft, I can all of a sudden see my already, no, I have a pretty small head, my small head growing bigger. that I deserve more, I deserve more compensation, that I deserve more jobs that are close to home, that I deserve anything. But when you flip that and you realize everything that I am is a gift from God, it takes away all of that. If I start to look at my skills as mine and not God's, that's where the problems start to lie. So everything that we have is God's. The men who in this story were given the talents, that money was not theirs in any way, shape, or form. They didn't even work hard to have it, but it was given to them by their skills and their abilities. So they did have some sort of experience Every single part of us, from the breath in our lungs, we sing the song, um, here's my heart. It's your breath in our lungs. All the way up through our passions and our talents, they come from God. So Tom Brady just retired surprised we didn't get a roaring ovation. He officially retired, I believe, anyways. He kind of said it this time. So, as most of us know, he was a quarterback in the NFL for a very, 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 very long time. He won a lot of games. He won a lot of championships. For a moment, let's imagine Tom Brady decided not to play in the NFL. And it would be easy for us to look at that and, and, and it would be, eh, whatever. If he wasn't there, obviously we would have known who Tom Brady was and how he would have won these championships. But in this, in this occasion, we do know that. And if Tom Brady decided not to play in the NFL, to not utilize his skill, his talents to play football, 
we would not have been able to witness one of the greatest or the greatest quarterbacks in all time. And he certainly used his skill and his ability to earn a lot of money. And I have no idea if Tom Brady is a Christian or not. But I do know that a man named Kurt Warner, who also was pretty good at football, that just had a, a movie made about him. And he utilized his platform. And he's very outspoken that he is a Christian. But if Tom Brady chose not to use his skills in this league, we would never have had the amazing career that he had. Each and every one of us has individual skills and abilities, all from God. We're all different, and that's an amazing thing. Because if we were all the same, one, we probably wouldn't get along with each other, and two, we'd really only be able to do one thing. But God is in, he has created us different. He has created us individual. In the church leadership world, there's an old saying that is 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And this is true not just in the church, but this is true in a lot of places. Every single person in this room watching online has skills and abilities. We all have the same amount of time. And what God is asking us to do is to use those skills and abilities Take that five talents. If that's what you're entrusted with, take that five talents and make five more. Give of our time, give of our skills, give of our abilities back to God. And that doesn't mean here at Parma Christian Fellowship Church. That doesn't mean a specific place. Obviously, those of us in leadership would love you all to sign up for something here. But there's all sorts of opportunities. Norm mentioned they're part of Norm and Amy are part of a band, an outreach band, and they go and they serve at Open Door Mission, leading the worship part. We have this box that Diane had in her heart to, to put a box out there to bring stuff to the Open Door Mission. My dad teaches the African class over in Africa, well, from his office in Africa, Somebody actually said, oh, when did you go to Africa? They were on Facebook. There are a lot of different ways that we can utilize our skills and our abilities. But when you look back to this one, this one person who took the, the one talent and he dug a hole in the ground, he gave him back what he, what he gave him. Perfectly the exact same way that he, well, probably a little dirtier, but the same way he gave it to him, he gave it right back. I didn't lose it. Maybe this guy had his own business and he lost all of his money 
in the stock market. Maybe he was scared to utilize the money because of his own personal experiences. We don't know what this person was like. What we know is that each and every one of us are skilled in varying levels in different ways. I'm going to pick on my wife for a short minute. I'm good at that. Since we moved here to Parma Christian, to the Parma Christian, since we moved to this building, 39 Hobie, and we built the sound booth, she's learned new skills. She's in that booth because she liked designing the PowerPoints. She designed this beautiful logo for us, logo, whatever it is, sermon slide. But she's taken the need that we had here, and she's given of herself. And the other step of that is that she doesn't just do it as easy as possible. She doesn't just take and do things in the way that anybody else could do. But she's learned We've had trainings come in for the sound booth. She's crafted how to make things look nice. That's natural for her. We added streaming in the last two years out of nowhere, and she learned how to make videos that we could publish online, and then as soon as we came back to live services, we bought a bunch of equipment so that we could continue our online services in a quality manner so that if you're not here for a week or maybe you can't come to church, you can still experience the Word of God. But everything that she does, she does it with the best excellence that she has the ability to give. And we're all busy. Sometimes she doesn't get to something in the same way. I'll stop picking on her. But when there's a need, we fulfill that need. And even when there's not a need, sometimes we can start a way to further God's kingdom with the time that we have. Last night, when I left my house at 9 o'clock at night, and this is not a, you know, oh, I'm an amazing person because I'm just okay, but... On my way home at 9 o'clock at night, I can definitively say that the one hour that I hung out on the side of Brick Schoolhouse Road in 14-degree weather, pulling a car out of the snow, was not exactly what I intended to do with that hour. My intentions were to go home, unwind for a little bit, and go to sleep. Well, take a shower, then go to sleep. So I could wake up, kind of do my last preparations, and go work on my house again. But the time that I took was important. I invested it in somebody who had a need. That was not planned. I don't think the guy intended to go off the road. But he did. And he was stuck. And I have a certain set of skills and ability and equipment available to me 
and I utilize those to help somebody in their time of need. Oftentimes, we'll make up some excuses. We'll say we don't have enough time. We'll say, I don't have skills in this area. I was listening to a sermon the other day on family life, and I only caught a part of it, but it was, uh, I think, Andy Stanley. And he said he used to go to the airport, and he would cut it as close as possible, and he would go through TSA, and he would not understand why he was so angry and upset that TSA was slowing him down, and he was always the last person on the plane, and then he would go about his business. And his justification was he was a busy person that was always doing something and he needed the most amount of time to run up to so that he could be to the next thing so that he could get to the airport so he could fly to the next place and he would cut it all as close as possible because he had things to do. But what he didn't realize was when he did that, he didn't realize that putting himself behind completely changed his demeanor and his availability for the moments. And he started allowing himself a half an hour before he was supposed to be at the airport in order to adjust who he was. So sometimes it takes an a intentional change. Sometimes it takes thinking through something and stepping back and saying, I need to serve God in some way, shape, or form. If I'm not already doing that, how can I do that? Where can I serve? It may be here, it may be somewhere else. But we need to cut out the excuses. Everyone has limited amounts of time, of money, and of ability. But we choose what we spend our time on. Paul is pregnant. Have I said that yet? No matter what I'm doing, at the moment that she calls me and says, yeah, we got to go to the hospital. Whatever I'm doing, I'm stopping and I'm going to the hospital. Because my priorities shift in a moment's notice. And if our priorities can shift like that in a moment's notice then we individually have the ability to choose how we spend our time, our money, and our abilities. What I want us to do is I want us as a church to gather our resources, to gather our abilities, to gather our skills together as one body. I want us to use our time to serve God in our families, in our communities, and in our church. When we can gather our resources together as one body, we can do amazing things. And we can use the gifts and the talents 
that God has blessed us with to further his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this parable. We have individually amazing skills and abilities. In many ways, we can use those for for making money for our family, for our hobbies. There's all sorts of ways we can use our time and and our ability. But in this story, you clearly say, We are stewards of the gifts and abilities that you have given us. When our minds flip to that understanding that it's not us, it's not ours, but it's yours, we can begin to know and live life as you expect of us. We know that everyone's time is limited, we know that we're all busy. but we serve you when we serve the least of these. Let us not waste our talents. Let us not waste our time. This doesn't mean that we have to overload our own schedules and be going crazy because that's what you ask of us. It isn't. You ask us to be intentional to utilize our skills and to do it for you in your glory. In your name, amen.